Hello, everybody. It's Ryder Carlton Holden coming to you guys with a new episode of my podcast. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about um, a, an, an article that an old schoolmate of mine shared on Facebook on yesterday. And it was about the firing of an NYU professor uh, because apparently uh, students signed, signed a petition um, that his class... His lecture was too difficult and that, you know, too many of them were failing and uh, they had a lot of different complaints, various complaints. But should he have been fired? Uh, That is the question that I want to address today. Uh, I'll be looking at the original article that my my uh, schoolmate uh, shared. And this we went to high. We went to uh, school together. At a fine arts school here in Augusta, where I stayed, Davidson Fine Arts, um, and uh, I wanted to have her as a guest on here, uh, but she did share my her opinion on this uh, subject. So I will be uh, telling you uh, what she shared. Uh, but this one article that I, I uh, that she shared is called "NYU Chemistry Professor Fired After Students Said His Class Was Too Hard." Uh, this was by Robbie Suave, or uh, and this was from Reason.com, and this came out um, on on yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, no, day before yesterday. Sorry. So that came out on Monday, and then another couple articles that I looked up um, at NYU students were failing organic chemistry. Who was to blame? Matlin Jones Jr., a respected professor, defended his standards, but students started a petition. And the university dismissed him. And that was by Stephanie Saul. And that was also published on Monday uh, in the New York Times, uh, NewYorkTimes.com. And a third article uh, that I pulled up was from uh, CNN. And this was Opinion. This fired chemistry professor's example shows what's wrong with academia by Jill Filipovich. And this came out. Uh, today, um, I also looked at, and I'll start with this. Uh, th- again, this was uh, an article. Well, actually, yeah, this uh, particular resource I have here is from ACS.org, and it defines what organic chemistry is. And uh, in a nutshell, organic chemistry studies all uh, different compounds that contain carbon and this particular resource it talks about all the different uses which includes uh, medicine and I'll tell you why that's relevant it's relevant because um, anybody in medical school uh, well looking to get into medical school they will have to pass this organic chemistry uh, lecture whether you go to NYU or wherever and in fact, I saw that they said that that's why uh, it is such a difficult course. It really separates uh, the strong students, uh, strong medical student candidates from the weak medical student candidates. So, which brings me to, again, the original point. Should this professor have been hired because according to the students, his uh, course was too difficult. 
And again, I'll, I'll tell you, this his name was Matlin Jones Jr. Uh, I think he was about 84, 85, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me verify how old he was. Not that that's extremely relevant, but I say it to say that he had been lecturing for quite some time. Yeah. And he was 80, he's 84. And that Stephanie Saul shares that in her article. So this man has been around for quite some time. Uh, in fact, he published uh, his own book on organic chemistry. And uh, that I'm talking about a book which is 1,300 pages. He published over 200 papers uh, in a 40-year uh, lecture career. So this man is a fixture in organic chemistry. It reminds me, guys, when I was a uh, student uh, at Georgetown, I actually took a course from a man who wrote the book that we were studying out of. And I remember uh, one time, you know, as a student, you have a lot going on. I think at that time I was probably taking 23 credits or something like that, which amounted to about seven classes. Uh, and uh, I don't recall what, what year I was in. I might have been a, a sophomore uh, at the time, uh, I believe, actually, I believe I was, yeah, I believe I was a sophomore and, uh, I was a language major and I had to take a linguistics course from him. And, uh, again, keep in mind, just like Matlin Jones Jr., this man wrote the book that we were studying out of. Let that sink in for a moment. I'm sure a lot of people out here who will hear this will, uh, relate to that. They they probably took a course from somebody who actually wrote the book. And just to tie it in with me as a writer, when I write, of all the books that I've written, uh, you know, I, those are all my children. You know, and I put a lot of sweat and tears into them. A lot of time. And so, I, I imagine what how would I react if let's say I was teaching a college course and they read one of my books, fiction or nonfiction, and the student said that they complained to administration or you know the 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 uh, literature department or English department that Professor Holden was too difficult, you know he demanded too many papers or something that stressed them out to the max, right? And that I was failing them. I was, you know, they called Mr. Jones, you know, it, it basically they, they made him out to be a snob, you know? And I, you know, I can't say that some professors may not act that way because like I said, and I, and, and I lost my original train of thought, the professor that I mentioned earlier, I remember I was actually studying and doing some reading for another class in his class. And I'm sure he took note of that because he gave me a stare, a look of as if as if he was my grandfather or something. And if I didn't put that stuff away, that he was going to come over and probably throw my book out the window or something like that. I mean, I, I actually just to think back on it, I was I felt frightened in a way as to what he might do next. So. I, I can understand to an extent how, you know, yeah, 
he might have taken himself a bit too serious, right? It's possible. And and I want to cover the fact that, yeah, as a professor, as a human being, we can take ourselves too serious. We can um, go overboard with uh, trying to challenge uh, students and so forth. I've been an educator, and so I know what it's like to teach children and how high I set the bar. But you have to, you do have to uh, take into consideration who your students are, right? However, at the same time, I do believe in rigor. And that's something that uh, I, I, I mentioned to Paula, when, uh, my friend Paula, uh, when we were, when I was going back and forth with her in, in text message. Um, and um, this is what I told her. You know, this whole thing smells of laziness and entitlement. And Paula herself said that, you know, it's amazing to think that students have that much power to actually get a professor fired simply for having a very hard and challenging class. And so I I agree with her. You know, in their, you know, in their defense, they did say that they didn't want that was not included in the petition. But, you know, that true as that may may be they had to know that their complaints would bring some consequences for this man even though it was only a small percentage of the students who complained uh it was like 82 out of 350 students so i calculated that to be about 23 percent of his kids so i imagine what what are the other uh yeah, it was 82 students. And so that's about, that's uh, 268 other students who apparently had no problems with this man, this professor, who again had a career of 40 years. He had published. Um, and uh, so he was a fixture in organic chemistry. Right? So I, I, I think it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate and as these authors of these different articles that I, I looked at in preparation for this podcast have said, uh, you know, student, you have to be challenged. In fact, you know, you, you're setting, when I first looked at that, I, it, was, it's, it was just ridiculous that these, you know, they're probably, what, 2021, 20, you know, in their 20s, you know, I've been to college, so I know the, the age bracket is 18 to 22 undergrad, right? And so they're young, they, you know, and, and as one point was brought out, some of them are used to um, being high achievers. Paula and I went to, again, a very uh, high achieving school uh, in uh, grade school. Uh, Davidson had a very high expectation of, of their students. I mean, we had homework every night that I can recall, even over the weekends. But it prepared me for college, guys. When I went to Georgetown and and uh, went to other universities and became a working man, uh, even to this day as a writer, I am prepared for difficulties. Life is a kick in the behind 
It's a kick in the behind. It's two kicks in the behind. And so I, I, I really, I think it's a sad state of affairs that you get these 18 to 20 somethings who uh, let's and, and it seems to just to be whining right a bunch of whining uh as i learned again in my research for this podcast this organic chemistry it sifts out those who are fit to go to medical school organic chemistry is vital to a doctor you know an understanding and appreciation of it is vital uh and um one of the professors at at nyu in defense of dr jones well uh professor jones said that you know it it's it's something that any good doctor should appreciate and understand these carbon compounds you know as it relates to medicine right and so for them for them to sit there and say that you know he's like i said they make him out make him out to be a snob to be cold uh and uh for them to do that it, it's it's sad in my opinion granted like i said yes uh besides the complaints professor jones had he had poor uh evaluations um within the chemistry department and from students. You know, had to be a reason for that. Had to be a reason for that. Uh, kids were withdrawing, failing, and so forth. And so maybe he had some room for improvement. However, I I, I think he should have kept his employment. And he said he, he didn't want his job back. He doesn't want his job back. But he, he doesn't want this to happen to another person, what happened to him. Because this man... He did bend, which I don't think he had to. That was his course. I think professors are like, and excuse my, any comparison to God, because we know any spiritual people out there, no comparison to God. But among human beings, you got the judge, and then you got people like your professors who really can make or break you. I fathomed them. When I went to Georgetown, like I said, I had some professors like like the one I told you about, my ling- linguistics class. He taught, he wrote the book that we're studying out of. How much more authoritative can you get than that? He was the authority. What could I or anybody else tell him about that book, right? Unless he had just forgotten. I mean, I know I forget things about books that I write. You know, I have to, you know, talking to my narrator, for example, was narrating uh, Stand Up on a Leash for me at this time, my book on dogfighting. You know, certain parts that I, I don't go back and really read my stuff. But again, I feel as the writer, I deserve respect. And I do consider myself an authority on my own work, just as this man does. At the same time, I, I see it this way. I think about it like this. If you go into a restaurant, right, and you don't like what's on the menu, what do you do? What do you do? Most people will go to another restaurant, right? They're not going to say, oh, I, um, you know, this is, 
I don't like the menu choices here. You don't, they don't, they're not offering this or offering that, right? Um, or complaining about the way things are cooked. Was the, if the food wasn't raw or didn't make you sick, it's good food, in my opinion. It doesn't have to please you. But if the, if the meal is good and, and it's safe, that's a, that's a good meal, in my opinion. And that's, that's, that's basically how I see this. You know, they, they just got, they didn't like the taste of, of, of the meal that they were being served up. I, I think that's what it boils down to. Um, and they complained about it to the cook, which in my opinion is Doc, is Mr. Jones. And he bent. He made exams, exam questions easier that he said they were misreading. And so misinterpreting, and you know what it can happen, what type of disaster can happen when you misread a question. I'm one of those people, I love taking exams. I love them. I love the challenge of it. But I also know the danger of misreading a question. So I'm going to study that question uh, and, and analyze it, break it down. I think it was Einstein who said something like, you know, if you give me a problem, I'm going to study that problem. He would spend much more time on studying the problem than coming up with an answer, which I think is important, right? But I'm going off the ta- off on a tangent a, a bit. Um, you know, a lot can be said here, but I, I do think that, uh, you know, as an outsider, I can only say so much, but I do feel that he was unfairly dismissed and they brought out that a lot has to do with the the college rankings that come out and of course the reputation of NYU and so NYU fired this man because of who who pays the bills right parents these kids parents uh, who were complaining you know it's 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 almost like the old saying the customer's always right which I don't agree with, but that's another that's another podcast. Um, it, it's sad, and you know that it it if that's the case, if NYU did that because of college rankings, uh, and to appease a small percentage of the, of, of uh, Professor Jones's students, uh, it's 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 pathetic. Uh, let's just be honest about it. Um, these these students are being set up for a life of pampering and entitlement. How many times have we, have we heard that word? You know, and, and, and not to mention if you come from a, a, a good background, an affluent family, which a lot of these people probably do, right? And so it's a bad look. It's a bad look. It's a sad look. Um, I, I, I wish that they uh, would have uh, tried a different approach um, to keep this man employed. Uh, they say he really didn't need it. He was, I think he was an adjunct professor. He'd come out of retirement to help them out. A lot of, apparently a lot of universities uh, depend upon uh, the adjunct professors to uh, keep their programs going. And so it wasn't something that he needed to do. 
uh, it was something that he chose to do uh, to help them out. And this is the thanks that he got uh, getting axed because of these complaints uh, from uh, these students who, like I said, uh, just seem to be uh, a bunch of uh, whining uh, young people who want want the easy way out in life, who are only thinking about status, getting into med school uh, with grades that they um, that they got by being uh, by by receiving you know unchallenging courses, uh, easy courses. Uh, you know, one, one point was brought out. Yeah, you want to balance it, balance challenge with. Uh, rigor, uh, but and, you know, and I, I think, I think that this man got a, an unfair shake, um, you know, and, and they could have gone about this in a better way. Um, but it, it, it's 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 sad that it's come to this. Um, I, you know, I I remember a teacher uh, that I had. I had a chemistry teacher in 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 high school. Uh, I was a ninth grader. Uh, oh no! Actually, I was older than that. Sorry, biology was ninth grade, but uh, chemistry—I think I was about eleventh grade, maybe. And uh, I did complain. I complained to my pr- principal. I don't remember what she told me because I felt that my chemistry teacher—I'll I'll leave his name out. A lot of you, a lot of you people who went to Davidson, you know who I'm talking about. Because I felt that, yeah, when when I studied chemistry in class the questions on the test were different than what I learned in in class or tried to learn I was like a B C plus student in that class I I couldn't get an A uh, for some reason but you know what I look back and I'm glad that he made it as difficult as it was Uh, and I in fact I think that a lot was my fault much as Professor Jones has said about these students, they weren't studying, they weren't coming to class. Uh, You know, he had videotaped with money out of his own pocket, 5K, guys, $5,000 to video lectures, 52 lectures, along with his um, his his teaching assistant to help all these students during the pandemic, right? But none of them were performing. So nobody wants to talk about that, I guess, right? Nobody wants to talk about how they dropped the ball. You know, you got to come to class. You can't depend on, oh, let me sh- let me get your notes. It's nothing like being in that class, being there, getting yourself up and coming to class. I don't care how early it is. Right, you got to come to class. You got to come to that lecture. You know, and I, I learned that when I was in college. And uh, so... I, I think these students gotta understand. You gotta, you gotta. When you once you become 18, you're an adult. You gotta behave as such. Like when you get out here in the real world, you will see uh, just how challenging it is. And and uh, you know, the ones who stick it out, stuck it out with Dr. Jo- Mr. Jones, uh, they will, you know, I'm sure they'll appreciate and do appreciate him now for him challenging them and pushing them to their limits. Because once you get on the job and you treat real people, it gets real. And you have to be prepared. Um, 
And uh, that was pretty much, I think that's pretty much what I wanted to cover. I mean, I I, I read a, a great deal, um, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's it, I think it's sad state, state of affairs that has come to this, um, you know, we we can't appease everybody and we have to find a common ground and meet in the middle right um that's always important but at the same time let's understand that real life it's going to be what it is you know and um you got to be be prepared for it because everybody's not going to bend or fire people uh, to suit your needs uh, It's just going to be Raw life And um, you're going to get what you get um, You know like I, I, I found it interesting To uh, read What um, Some other people had to say Those defenders Of Mr. Jones had to say you know, and one of them said that, uh, you know, they felt that it, it was really more so about getting into med school. And I might have already said that. It wasn't about, you know, Mr. Uh, Professor Jones or the difficulty of the course. It was about the grades that they got. Some of them were zeros on the exams. Zeros. And uh, so how does that happen? I mean, how do you sit in a course... For however long they were in there before he got fired and uh, get a zero on his exam. How does that happen? I mean, is this course that difficult? I, I doubt it. I mean, that's that's pathetic to get a zero on an ex exam that you've been uh, for a course you've been sitting in for for weeks, you know, or months. So, um, you know, and it, it, it brings to mind this competitive culture that we have. You know, it it's it is what it is. You know, um, med school should be competitive. You know, everybody won't be able to get into their choice school, or or they they don't have everybody doesn't have what it takes to get into to be a doctor. Let's let's be just let's just be honest about it, right? Uh, but um, it, it appears that it's all about getting what you want getting into that that door that you want to get in which reminds me of the college admission scandal that we had a, a few years back you know high profile actors uh and celebrities paying their children's way into a good college you know again entitlement because you can throw some money uh in the way of a school they um they make a place for you in their in their elite college, right? While you got somebody who's worked their butt off, who's poor, but they can't get in. You know, this is the type of culture we live in. People can be underhanded and feel as if the world owes them something, right? And um, <laughs> I've already told you how I feel about that. But um, yeah, guys, I think I'm going to go ahead and end it here. I, I'm rambling. Um, but uh, I, I, I do feel once again that Professor Jones was 
he could have this could have been handled in a different way in a, in a way that he would have kept his job um it's and um i it's my hope that in the future uh that you know colleges will defend their professors more than their students um yes it's important for them to pass and learn that's important but true learning it's, it's more than a grade it's more than a grade it's more about learning for itself even if it means a C or a D um take that C or D because you may know more than a person who got an A in that class because they remembered something it was more about memorization versus actual true learning uh I lowered my standards when I got in college because I knew it wasn't going to be like high school. It wasn't. And it wasn't. Uh, if I got a D, let's say in one of my calc I had a calculus class. Um <laughs> that I actually took the class from a uh master's student. We didn't have a professor per, per se, but he was a master's um, he had a master's in mathematics or calculus. And so, yeah, he was quite difficult. I didn't, I didn't really get him at all. But um, it taught me self-reliance. Um, and that's one thing that I'll leave everybody with. Self-reliance, self being self-taught. I'm highly self-taught in a lot of different things in my life. I learned languages on my own. Uh, languages that I've used to um, to help me write my books, to translate my books. Uh, not that I didn't go to college. Like I said, I, I was a German major at Georgetown. I also went to the University of Munich to uh, where I took my lectures in German. So I got totally immersed in the language. And it helped me to become a better person, to be a stronger German speaker, writer, un uh, understander of the language, um, reader. To this day, I can read uh, different things in the language because of the rigor of having lived abroad. And so, again, I do say that whether I was in high school or as a college student, the most I learned, I learned on my own. I didn't, de I didn't depend on a professor. I, 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 depend I didn't depend on a teacher. I depended on myself. And that's what a true adult is. You learn how to figure things out with the help of others, the help of others, but you learn how to stand on your own and make the best of every situation. Not, I'll leave, I'll leave you with this as well. Jim Rohn, one of my mentors, he's passed away, but I listened to a lot of his inspirational videos. And he said that, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, don't wish that things were easier, wish that you were better. Okay? So, if you make yourself better, you can rise above any difficult circumstances in your life and stick things out. Stick things out. Uh, if you're hungry enough, you should be able to get whatever it is you're seeking to get. So, right at Carlton Holden, guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. As always, thank you for listening to my podcast. Thank you for purchasing my books. You can always catch me at writercarltonholden.com. 
and an Amazon nearest you. I've also at they've also added Poland and Sweden uh, to where my books can be bought. So you can catch me all around the world. Uh, like I said, you can also catch me on Udemy.com. I have uh, that's U D E M Y.com. I have my German assessment. If you want to practice your test your German out uh, for a small price. Uh, and you guys, I'll keep you in my prayers. You have a wonderful rest of the day. And I'll catch you on my next episode. Bye-bye.